and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. Today we'll be talking about how to play board games when you can't physically be with the people you're playing with. With more and more people required to stay at home, we're having to find some creative ways to stay in touch. And to that end, we are going to skip the digital options like Tabletopia and Tabletop Simulator, and instead really focus on keeping things as tactile and face-to-face, virtually, as possible. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, the SGC, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois, which is sadly closed currently, like many, many things. Um, but a huge thank you to all our other patrons as well. How are you guys holding up? I haven't noticed anything. Because <laughs> you don't normally <laughs> leave the house anyway? <laughs> yeah. Business as usual. Um, well, my setup has gotten so much nicer for recording because now Spencer is working from home. So I now have three monitors, a new webcam, um, a desk setup. Spencer has set up like a bunch of pillows over here. I'm feeling very comfortable. Mm. Hopefully he didn't destroy your sound quality because that's all that matters. But we won't know until <laughs> after this. I mean, like the physical space hasn't really changed. I don't know. I, I mean, you're very concerned about not being able to see my <laughs> microphone, I know, but it's because of the angle. I never see yours. It's ridiculous. It was a funny angle. Hmm. All I right. Now, <laughs> I used to be at a very unflattering up the chin, up the nose angle, and now it is like really high because these monitors are huge. I don't know if I am like able to properly explain the scale of these monitors, but it's ridiculous. My you, husband's a crazy person. You do look like a small child. Yes. Just just say <laughs> And I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah, my favorite line so far that I've heard is this has been the longest year this this week has been the longest longest year so far. Like nailed it. <laughs> I didn't come up with it. I just all right. I'm gonna edit that to make it sound amazing. <laughs> <laughs> just put some background music. He's like, this week has been the longest year so far. Um, in the world. In the world. No, but it really, like, every single day, new information, new things, new stuff. It just feels like been forever. And it's literally been one week that we've been, like, a work from home. It's been. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait. Last episode, did we even have the Illinois uh, shelter in place no. order? Nope. No. See, that's, Yeah. And now there's sheltering in place now. 13 states. And this was not the original topic for this episode because I'm like, eh, we're probably not going to be ready for it. But then I had, you know, way too much time on my hands. And we've since played multiple games over Zoom, which have all turned out pretty well. And then I got a tweet saying, hey, you should do an episode. I said, okay. We had an email, um, which. Uh, we'll cover in a little bit about it. So I'm like, all right, let's just do this because I have a feeling we're all going to be remote for a bit. And this is kind of a fun topic to talk about. Luckily, we already have been experimenting for several years on recording completely remotely. So this is unaffected completely. Yeah. Right. And honestly, this is how most podcasts are recorded is is remote. Um, what I will say to anyone who has a podcast who is listening to me, if you want decent audio, Make sure that everyone is recording on the same mic, not a dynamic mic or a compressor mic. You want a dynamic mic. This is the type of mic that singers use that you have to talk close to. Now, do not use a Yeti for podcasting. It always sounds like crap. And I will fight anyone who says, no, my Yeti is the most amazing thing. No, it's not. You spend way too much time editing things and you have to set everything up so it doesn't echo. Anyway, and then combine the files. Do not record from Skype or Discord or wherever you're recording from, because it sounds like crap. I have a lot of podcasts I listen to. Chris's <laughs> <Talking>. pet peeves. <laughs> it is. I, there's so many of my podcasts. I'm like, you guys have great content, but I just really want to just send them a laundry list of stop doing this, and you would make me so much happier. And it's so much easier. I, I'm going to do an episode one of these days on my setup. Um, but yeah, so we got... You can make a- that a Patreon episode. That doesn't have to be one everyone <laughs> has to listen to, right? That doesn't have to be one I have to listen to, right? I will probably just make it a YouTube thing. Okay. And then I can actually show my setup, which Good. is really just a messy desk and a Zoom H6. As long as nobody has to Done. see that I'm sitting in like <laughs> a weird complete. office slash nursery and that Fletcher has a gigantic cardboard box behind him. <laughs> That's true. Um, with a It's two cardboard boxes, stuff. actually. Like four. 
See, shoe boxes are different than cardboard boxes. I would say that's two cardboard boxes and two shoe boxes. That's fair. Okay. They're not like it's made out of cardboard. I have games behind me. They're like colors. <laughs> this is great audio. The games behind you, they look like empty Mac laptop boxes. Um, so I have actually what you see right now is none These of them are, are empty Mac laptop boxes. But if I were to turn this way, now you can see all the Apple boxes. Oh, there they are. <laughs> but what are those oh, it's ones? Perfect. <laughs> but if I describe, I will describe this. So I have a Calyx shelf behind Fletcher me. Let's so take a screenshot so everyone can see. <laughs> These are the four by four IKEA shelves that everybody puts games on. So on the upper left, as you are to my upper left, is binders full of Game of Thrones living card game. Um, Women. Down one are boxes full of microphones that we're using for our failed actual play attempt. <laughs> and then to the right are all the Arkham Horror core sets that I get. Because for every campaign, I get a core set so that I don't have to use the same core set for every campaign. Because I'm broken that way. Um, and then there's Keyforge above my head. And then if I twist this way, there's miscellaneous role-playing books. And if I twist the other way, it's all my Apple product boxes. Keep going a little bit more. <laughs> and you can follow Fletcher at Net Fletch. He'll tweet all these out. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. Let's talk about playing games remotely. And first, I want to mention we are not talking about digital adaptations of games. We just talked, we had an entire episode on um, mobile versions of games those are great to play you could play tabletopia or tabletop simulator um sydney actually sent me a whole list of different game things so there's tabletopia table simulator board game arena uh yukata yukata i guess um boit aju and you happy didn't write you're these up down words. where i can see them so i'm assuming they're made up and i can't help you with the pronunciation they could all be made up um but I'm going to put them in the show notes anyway. So if you are interested in digital versions of Aha. like simulated versions of these um, different services, by all means, go for it. But there's a couple things that I think they lose, which is that tactile nature and also the idea of like kind of hanging out with your friends. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is how to make that feel like you're actually playing games with your friends. Make sense? Sure. Got it. Perfect. Um, all right. So Sorry, this mouse scrolls the other way. I'm so confused. Oh, did he mess up the... Yeah, Mac and, Mac and PC have different scrolling. <laughs> I don't know how it. things work anymore. <laughs> your mind will eventually adjust to it. All right. Let's cover the challenges of this. Fletcher... Give me yes. some challenges. The challenges of what? Oh, of doing playing? this remotely? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not face-to-face. Obviously, communication is imperfect. <laughs> <laughs> and I would imagine that like, it would be hard... If you're playing like an actual board game, it would probably be easier if all participants had a copy. I would agree. For many board games, yes. And we're definitely going to dig deep into that as like which board games sort of require two copies for best or multiple copies, a copy at each location. Um, some of them you don't need to, but many of them, it just kind of helps to have multiple. Kitty, what are your main issues with this whole remote gaming thing? Um, well, I was assuming that everyone had their own copy of the game. Um so, but it's hard because somebody, like, especially games with randomized setup, somebody has to set it up and then tell everyone else how to set up the random pieces so that everything is the same. So that setup phase takes a lot longer because one person does it. And instead of that being it, then everyone else has to emulate it, which is harder than randomizing it. Yes, oftentimes. So we did find a creative way to deal with that when we were playing zombie side. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more in detail, but all of these things are, are issues. What I will say is not every game is suited for this. You cannot do this for every game that you want to play. 
Um, there's several games that are just completely not good for this. Anything with, um, well, think of like anything where you're like playing cards. So you're drawing from a shared deck and discarding I... into a shared pile or passing cards around. If you have to pass cards, yes. Anything with drafting, forget it. Yep. However, I think there are games with cards that you can do. Because my number one pick was going to be Wingspan. Wingspan, I think you could do. Um, the, the I've actually inter- heard of people doing it. I, that's my only experience here with like a tabletop game. Yeah. It works fine if the cards that you draw are public knowledge. That's when it works best. Because then you can say, okay, I just drew... Someone can have the deck. Like you don't, you're not going to sort every deck in the same shuffled order. One person controls that. And if you draw a card, you draw that top card. And then everyone, whoever is taking that card, then finds that card in their collection. And now that's in their hand is how I would do it. Well, with Wingspan, you don't even have to do that. With Wingspan, you can each play your own bird deck because it doesn't matter as much like which cards have been removed there there are so many overlapping powers and similar birds that you can play with the same birds on your board that somebody else has on their board yep and i think that's that's how i've seen people playing it that's how i was sort of like pretend solo playing it to figure this out yeah there's a lot of games that are like that too where typically you play with one set of components but you don't have to. Yes, it changes it a little bit. It changes the statistics and whatever. If I if you're going for all the ground bird nests, I am not affected statistically by the fact that you're taking all of them. But that's okay, because we're not playing the exact game. We're playing a very, very similar game. And we just know that these rules are going to be slightly modified for remote play. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, we were sort of doing that. So in Zombie Side, and we're going to get into a bunch of things, but um, we just played Zombie Side Invasions, Invaders, Invaders, I think, um, a few days ago. And the way we did that was we had, I set up the board and we had a camera pointing at the board. So I was playing with Jen and she didn't have to set up the board. She, she had, she could see that, but she had her characters were in front of her. Mm-hmm. And when she drew from the search deck, I would draw a card and say, okay, it's a shotgun. Great. She had alphabetized her equipment cards and then would go through and pull out the shotgun. Oh, Jen, of course she alphabetized them. <laughs> exactly. So now she puts the shot card in play. And then I actually had her character sitting off camera. So I would assign the character the shotgun so that Sydney and I could see what her characters were equipped with. And then our characters were on screen so she could see what we had. And... We we played a few times in person, and then when we played remote, it was I don't know that it actually took any additional time. It was pretty much seamless. Um, now I did have a, a multi camera setup. I had four different devices, so Sydney wow. had her phone pointing at her. I had my phone pointing at the board, and then I had a spare phone that is like five years old that was pointing at me, <laughs> and then the iPad was connected as like a master control console, all connected to Zoom, and then she was dialed in so she could see us and the board and it just worked out really really well where it's just like we're all just sitting there board game so 75 dollars using- equipment to play remotely <laughs> four thousand dollars about probably yeah <laughs> what was your question kitty um so for the audio did you just have that going through the like ipad master and everything else was muted yep everything else was video okay. only and then the ipad was on was the only thing that was recorded audio. And when we were playing, so Kitty and I and Spencer and Sydney and our friends Doug and Bunny, we played a Vampire the Masquerade role-playing game two nights ago. Poorly. Poorly. Yes. Well, all right. Poorly (laughs) as in gameplay. Poorly as in gameplay. (laughs) But the setup was very similar where we Mm -hmm. had just set it up and everyone was connected on Zoom and Spencer just hadn't prepared because he's like, oh, we're going to cancel. Like, no, 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 we can do this. No. Spencer was not like, oh, we're just going to cancel. Spencer was like, well, I'm just going to solve this one problem for work. And then eight hours later, he was like, oh, no, we need to play right now. <laughs> I was like, ah. But what we realized. And that was Saturday. Yes. <laughs> but what we realized is our biggest problem is Kenny and I live an hour away from each other. Doug and Bunny live 45 minutes away from each of us. So when we want to play, and we both have. Two of us have kids. Doug and Bunny don't have kids, but they have a dog. So we want to play. It's it's a 
In some ways, their dog is needier than our kid. Exactly. (laughs) Like, it's a logistic nightmare to say, okay, we can play on this day if we can get the babysitters, and we can start before this time, so we're not driving during nap time or sleep time. And then we realize, like, wait a minute, if we're doing this remote, we can play whenever we want. We just jump on, play for two hours after the kids go to sleep. I was going to say, once the kids are asleep, we can play whenever we want after 8 p.m. Which is still (laughs) fine. It's better than what we were doing, which it took us like two months between sessions. It was ridiculous what we were trying to do before. So, and I think, you know, Spencer started off with like, well, you know, I'd still rather play in person. I'm like, yeah, so would I, but we don't have that option right now. So let's give this a shot and see what happens. And it really did work out quite well. So, And I do think it was a slightly different experience than playing in person is. I think we could have, you know, been more on task if we had all been in the same room, maybe. And if Spencer had been better prepared. <laughs> so it's hard to know. tell, like, what comes from what. But um, I think if we can do this, like, once a week, and then once every two months, we can actually physically get together and play, like, a bigger session. That is a much more sustainable game because we keep forgetting everything that happened. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that was our big problem with not staying on task is it'd been so long, we didn't remember where we left off. Yeah, and we're like trying to solve a mystery, so it was really bad. Yeah. So so in general, what we've learned from that is, yes, it's not the most ideal, but playing a game is probably better than waiting to play a game in ideal circumstances. Yeah. Because... We're not in ideal circumstances right now, and more than ever, we need something that keeps us face-to-face and and interacting with each other. Fletcher, have you done any remote gaming for the apocalypse Uh, or for anything before? (laughs) I tried to do Roll20 once, like a long time ago, years and years back, and it went okay, but then we didn't like keep up with it. Yeah, so that's the other side of this. So Roll20 is a online role-playing assistant. Um, it's kind of like Google Hangouts with mapping and character movement and stuff all built in. I think one of the problems from those types of tools can be you get bogged down in the fiddliness of the tool, and that can actually take away from the game, which is why I like just connecting with Zoom and actually having a physical game in front of us when we were playing vampire we weren't there was no shared you know screen well, vampire, or movement. we don't really do combat it's not like uh D or pathfinder or something we don't need a map uh all we needed was a character sheet and dice and everyone had their own and that's yeah. easy enough when you're trying to move um your characters around on a shared map roll 20 is really great for that um i think you just don't like it because you hate combat on a map no i don't hate combat and you on never a map. let us do it I don't hate it. I just think it is cumbersome and unnecessary. I but love it. <laughs> if I was going to do it, I still don't think I'd want to do it on roll 20 because it's even more tedious there than for me just to pull out a map and put some minis on a map and put a camera on it and say, okay, here, let's do this. Yes, you don't get to move your own pieces, but it, it stops being a video game and it's still, it continues to be a tactile experience for the most part. You still get but to roll you your can't, own dice. Like put your area of effects and your cones and all of your lines measure your distance. What are your range increments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You we need- just think different parts of the game are fun, <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> but roll twenty is great for people like me who love those parts of the game. Have you played on roll twenty? Yes. All right, then I will let you continue to do that. I mean, it's not perfect. <laughs> I will give it. I will give you that. Um, but it is a really good tool. I'd say it is much more um, Pathfinder than 5e. So. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if it, right. So stepping away again from the, the systems that try to do too much for you, because Roll20 is the role-playing games as tabletop simulator is to tabletop games. I really think that the fiddliness of the interface gets in the way of the gameplay. Um, same thing for something like Keyforge. You know, Keyforge has an online version, which is, you know, basically independently written, which is bless them because that's a lot of work to do for nothing. Um, but even there, games tend Does to take... Does he even have like a Patreon or something? He has a Patreon, yes. Okay. But he can't charge for it because he doesn't have any kind of licensing uses for yeah. it or anything like that. Um, but games on there tend to take longer. 
and it does take away a bit of the like how you play the game a lot of it is done for you or if there's a bug there and it says nope this is what it's going to do you got to go through a lot of hoops to get it back into the right state because something messed up it is helpful though when something i i hadn't read in detail exactly what a card did and it stopped me from making that mistake in person in a much more embarrassing way sure it's fine Uh, to practice but it can teach a lot of bad habits too yeah, because you don't maintain board state at all. Yep. You're not paying any attention. It just does everything for you, and that's great. Um, and it doesn't, but it also doesn't allow you to break the rules. So right. there's. All right, so let's jump there. away from those. Okay, and step it away. Let's jump to the software that you would use in place of this. Now I've mentioned Zoom, mentioned Zoom a couple times, but there's actually a lot of different video conferencing things that people use. Um, and I kind I want to go over them, and let's talk about the pros and cons of each of them briefly. One of the most common, because it's free, I think would be Discord. And my experience with Discord is it's fine for a free thing. It is not good. And I know I made a lot of gamers <laughs> upset about that, but Discord really, the more I use it, the more I'm disappointed with it. And not because it's lacking in features, just because it's there's just something about it that is lacking. It's fine as a chat program. It has rooms. <laughs> you can go in and you can talk. That's fine. You just gesture every- all of me. <laughs> and it's supposedly <laughs> And it's fine for audio. But the video sucks. Are you okay, Kitty? I wasn't expecting it. It got me. <laughs> Good job, Fletcher. Such a throwaway joke. <laughs> uh, but if you want a free thing and you don't have a lot of cameras, um, Discord's probably fine. Slack is another one that's free. Um, this one, I use Slack on a daily basis for work. I know a ton of people that use Slack all the time. You can get a free version of it, which is fine. Um, but the problem with Slack, f- the free version, is I'm pretty sure the video and voice is one-to-one and not group enabled. So you have to go for played plans with Slack, which are not necessarily super cheap. I think they started like $8 a month per person. So that can be a bit prohibitive. Um, I'm going to skip my favorite for a second and go to my least favorites. Skype, just don't. Just it the comment started the he's whole written thing. here is blah. <laughs> it did start the whole thing, and something about it. So did it, Yahoo. The, How many people still use Yahoo? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but something about Skype is just like it used to be good, and then it just kind of it doesn't compare anymore. Unless you get maybe the Skype for Business is better, but I find actually that's even worse. Um, FaceTime not good. It's also iOS only. It's 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 not bad, and but it's Mac. not meant. Well, and Mac, but it's not really meant for. Yeah, it, it's just not meant for multiple person chatting and multiple cameras and things like that. Um, it's good I, for I'm what the Apple name says. Yes, FaceTime. <laughs> Point at your face and talk. Um, We've been doing a lot of grandma FaceTime with this going on. Yep. And I do, yeah, I FaceTime with the grandparents all the time. Um, and it's good for that. It's just not necessarily good for gaming. Google Hangouts, I know this is still a thing. Um, but I think there's a lot of better stuff out there. But if, like, as a fallback, it's completely free and you can do okay with it. Uh, there's some reasons that it has issues. And when we get to back to Zoom, I will talk to why Zoom is the ideal one for this. Um, and I then that Google. Microsoft- I was gonna say I hate that Google Hangouts like just really wants to at least on the Mac like install stuff all over your computer, put it in your menu bar, and like pop up all the time when you open Chrome. And it's like, hey, how about Google Hangouts? <laughs> Remember me? I'm just like, just <laughs> go away. How can I uninstall you? I'm sorry like that cookie. I ever put you on my computer. Yeah. Um. But again, if you have to use it, just feel bad for Google. Keep them in business. Um. Microsoft Teams. <laughs> you feel bad for Google. <laughs> Keep them in business. <laughs> Microsoft Teams is making a a huge market share increase over the last couple of weeks because they decided to give it away free for 
a certain duration. Uh, Microsoft Teams it is and not Slack. Good. Yeah, they're they're basically <laughs> competitors to each other. Um, you can try it out. I have not tried Teams. Fletcher have used Teams. We use it at work, and it is terrible. Yeah, I tried connecting to Teams uh, for some something for work, and it just I it couldn't get in. Half the time, it would just like declined. Um, this was early on when people everyone started working from home, so maybe there was like some server issues, but I couldn't get it to work. So I'm like, eh, screw it. I'm going to go to Zoom. Now, Zoom is amazing. It's what we're using right now. This is our fourth video chat software. Um, and this one seems to be the most consistent. It has, the thing I like about Zoom is the same person can join from multiple different devices, which sounds like, wait, why would you do that? But if you have a laptop and then a phone and you want your phone to point at the board and then your laptop can point at you, you can join from both those locations and have two different videos going without having to do some shenanigans. Like Google Hangout, I think you have to log in. It just gets really confused if you try to log in from multiple places with the same user. Um, And a lot of these other ones will do the same thing where it's like, wait a minute, you're already logged in over here. You can't talk again. Uh, Zoom is not free. Well, it is free, but the free plan only allows you 40 minutes of group video meetings, but it's not super expensive. So for the pro plan, it's $15 a month per host, but you only need one person to be the host. And then you have unlimited everything after that. I was going to say, because a minute ago, $8 a month was too expensive. $8 a month per person. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. So the Slack is $8 a month per person per month. Um, so if you want a 10-person Slack, it's $80 a month. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. So, And that's the like the pro plan. Now, there may be other ones, and some of these are running specials during the pandemic, and uh, so you can find deals and stuff. But for the money, I think Zoom is probably the best one. And I say that with my work providing my Zoom. Um, <laughs> so, And what's cool with Zoom is you can give your – for the paid plan, you can make your own host ID. So you can essentially say, I have a host ID of whatever, I think, six to 10 digits. And as long as it hasn't been reserved, that's your host ID always. And then you can just tell people, hey, connect to Zoom whenever, you know, just use my ID and you connect. Um, Of course, the host has lots of things you can lock out and password protect and all that kind of stuff. But um, whatever one you pick will just kind of depend on how much you're willing to pay and what you need your setup to be, how many people are going to connect those types of things. Um, But, you know, try, try anything, start free, start with Google Hangouts. See if that works. Try Skype. See if that works. Um, If discord works for you. Great. But, uh, and discord, you might be able to get better service with their discord nitro, which runs $10 a month. If you want to get that. We did really like Discord for a long time. And I think for games, it's not as bad. For the podcast, it did not work great because once somebody froze, they remained frozen. And you had to notice that you were frozen and disconnect and come back manually. And that was very hard on our audio. But, you know, if you're just playing a game, number one, you're probably going to notice faster. And number two, it's not such a big deal. That's true. So. Yeah. Don't, all of, don't be too mean to Discord. Of all of these other ones that I have used, many, many of them, Discord comes in close second to Zoom. I for video conferencing, I would say that Zoom probably is in a in a class of its own. For full fledged chat programs and stuff, then yes, Zoom is not meant for. It doesn't have channels. It doesn't have. It has private conversations while you're in a meeting, so you can like talk to people directly and have chats that way. But it doesn't That's have. That's where me and Fletcher do all of our bad mouthing to Chris. Yep, <laughs> yep. You can have fri- private chats, but it doesn't have channels like like Discord or Slack or anything like that. Um. So now that we have software out of the way, games that are most suited for this. I have a few, um, and we talked about a few already. Kitty, we've talked. So I like the way Wingspan. Everyone has their own copy. Basically, you're just playing a community game, but you do. Now, are you sharing the public cards? 
No. So you have your the cards set up as everyone has their own cards. You don't share any cards at all. Okay. So you have your three cards that you have face up and then you can draw randomly. That's all on you. Um the bird feeder is shared. So everyone tells you one person rolls it, this is what's in there. I'm taking out this and everyone has to maintain that on their own. And then you still have the And left that way and you don't right. even need a camera set up on the board or somebody's board. You can just have your own board. At the beginning, you draw the tiles of goals and set those up. That doesn't need to be changed. And I think that's really it. And then, so there are the birds that will trigger when someone else does something, but that's, you are still taking turns. You say turns what you're doing. You're still in charge. It's the same kind of, you know, so you have to dictate what you're doing with your moves. It's much more important, but... Um, so, you know, just let everyone know what your powers are. I'm going to do this power. Um, it's a hunting skill. So anyone who has the hunting skill trigger has to pay attention to that. And I can imagine that as you add cards to your board, you could potentially like snap a picture of your current board state and post it in chat so that if anyone wants to see what your current board state is, they just look at the most recent one for you. Um, I would say I would still like to have a camera on the dice and goals just to kind of pull you in that you're all playing the same game. Yeah, totally. And if you have that set up, great, but you don't need to have that set up. Yeah. Because not everyone has as many cameras and phones and tripods. <laughs> cameras <laughs> hanging around. <laughs> I will say most people not probably Not everybody have- has as many empty Apple boxes as Chris does. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say most people probably have at least in their house they probably have one per person plus one. So that plus one is a computer of some sort, and the one per person is their phone. Because I'm not talking any kind of special web cameras or anything, really just talking about your phone on some kind of phone holder, phone tripod type of thing, which you can get from Amazon with about a one-week delay these days. Um or you can just use it propped up on a stack of books or something. Or you can, yeah, prop it up on a stack of books or whatever it takes, especially if you're just pointing at your face. That's easy to do. If you want to point at the board, it might take a little bit more setup, but you can, most people have what they need that can rig something up for that. Macrame from the light fixture, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, so I put a few other things in here. Um, and the first one we have to start with is the obvious pandemic. Yeah, I knew we were going to start with that. (laughs) (laughs) But what I was thinking, and as I was writing this in there, I wrote pandemic, then I put in parentheses pandemic legacy, because there's nothing, there's no hidden information in pandemic at all. Now, there is a version of playing the game, and most, I think the rules specifically state that you can't show your hand to people, but that's just mostly so that people, one person can't alpha play everything. Yeah. So, again, it's one of those modifications. It's like, okay, we're playing an open-hand game of Pandemic. But you can also... This does... it. Somebody has to have the camera on the board. You have to be able to see the board state. One person has to maintain it. It cannot be uh, everyone has their own copy. There's just way too much going on. Yeah. Well, for p- Pandemic itself, Pandemic proper, if you had multiple versions of the game, then you could set it up... What? I think it would be well, too could, hard. It'd be easier with one board with Pandemic. No, no, no. What I'm saying is you'll have the board in front of you that you're keeping the board state consistent with everything, but one person's drawing from the deck of cards. And then your hand of cards would be you know, told to you what you drew or something like that. So you could create a version of the um, state of the game in front of you as much as you wanted to versus just playing everything over video. So one of the cool things about having multiple copies of a game is everyone gets something to interact with versus I'm playing, you know, a game show or something where I'm trying to yell at you what you should do. Yeah. So I think we each have a copy of Pandemic. Um, although I think mine is at the church currently. <laughs> um, if I were playing with you, I would probably let you maintain board state, but I would still have my own hand of cards that I could look at. Right. Yeah. Because that's much easier for me to have right in front of me. Um, whereas the cubes, you know, you're always kind of looking at it from a distance. You don't need to move or manipulate them. Whereas your cards, I like to have them in my order in front of me. I like to look and see, you know, play yeah. around. And for Pandemic Legacy, you obviously probably only going to have one copy of this. 
But at the same time, again, you could send pictures of here's your character card, you know, so you have all your traits and abilities in front of you. Um, You're maintaining the board. I have seen people separate the pieces out. So, like, if you live close enough that you could, like, you know, create a Ziploc bag full of the pieces that one player needs, drop it in their mailbox, no contact, um, they can have their pieces in front of them. So, you can give them a character, you can give them, I don't know, what else you really even need. You just need your character card and some basic information, and you can use... Like, I know there's, like, the fun stickers that put the information on the card for you, but you could just write that in. Yeah, just marker it up. Um, And I'm actually thinking, so as I wrote that, I'm like, you know, we are in the middle of a pandemic legacy season two. We should just do this (laughs) and finish this remotely and play it out. Because, again, it's mostly for these types of games you're playing the story and you're working together on trying to solve whatever you're trying to solve. I'm actually finding my evenings filling up rather quickly. I know. (laughs) It's so funny because it's actually easier a lot of times for me to do remote things, but I never put the effort into it before this. But now it's like, I'm not seeing anyone during the day. I'm not going to, you know, like mom and me or the why or whatever these things that I do all day normally. I am at home with a toddler alone all day. Yeah, my husband's just upstairs in the office, but he's working. And, you know, so now I we have a vampire game scheduled. I have movie night with my friends. This is tangentially related. Netflix now has watch parties you can do through Netflix. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can do without ever leaving your house or contacting anyone. I'm setting up a Zoom happy hour in the next week or two just to get everyone on on Zoom and, you know, everyone BYOB and chat it up. Um, Animal Crossing just came out. So my brother has been over to my island to steal all my fruit already. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> all right. Other games besides co-ops and Animal Crossing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Animal Crossing I, is great. Everyone should have it. <clears throat> I'm just going to throw these out here. Tainted Grail, Seventh Continent. These are, again, f- open information co-op games. I'm just going to make that a classification. Any open information co-op game is fine over Skype or Zoom or whatever. I did put Gloomhaven on here. Um, this is one where you'd want to send all the character pieces to each player. But otherwise, you could easily play Gloomhaven remotely as well. And one person's maintaining the board. Everyone else has their cards in front of them. And you could... It would be pretty simple to do. I The next classification I put on here, though, and I think this works with a lot of them, is Roll and Writes, just mm-hmm. in general. Because Roll and Writes typically have infinite scale, or at least they scale, ver- they scale to the yeah. number of player sheets you have. And most of the time, you can just print out player sheets, and there you go. One person's main rolling the dice or flipping the cards or whatever, but tons of people, as many people as you can get can actually play the game with you. Um, I plan on doing this for a work event. So we're ta- you know, talking about at work, like how to keep people, you know, socially engaged with each other. And they knew I do board games. So they're like, hey, do you have any ideas? I'm like, I can come up with something. And I think a roll and write is what I'm going to come up with. Um, something like Railroad Inc., which is a little bit more, um, I don't want to say, I guess a lot of roll and writes are cerebral, but it's, it's a little bit more... Um, no matter what word I use, it's going to sound bad. So I'm going to say interesting than Yahtzee, but because, you know, what you end up with is a cool looking map that then everyone can take a picture of. And that's the end of the game. I would say it's much more artistic than Yahtzee. Yes. But I don't think it's any more strategic or difficult. <laughs> well, you'd be wrong there, but that's okay. We can disagree on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think you're unnecessarily negative about Yahtzee. I'm not trying to be... Na- See, that's what I said. No matter what I said about Railroad Inc., it was going to come off... Th- I even put Yahtzee on here because Yahtzee does work. Even though it's not a roll once everyone goes, You can Yahtzee essentially is a solo game that many people can play. Yes. Um, and it is strategic. And there are strategies that you use to do well. I 100% agree with you. They're just not interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you have against Yahtzee. 
I understand what you have against me comparing certain things to Yahtzee. I grew up on Yahtzee. I don't have anything against Yahtzee. You're always very mean to it. Well, I'm not. I'm not. Stop hurting Yahtzee's feelings. Feelings, Chris. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, so there's a bunch of different roll and writes that this can work with. Uh, Besides Yahtzee, have I made you and Railroad Inc. Have I made you guys play any other roll roll and writes? Um, you haven't made me, but I think I've played other Roland Rates. Like? On tour. True. Yep. Um, I am aware of lots of them because I kept thinking about maybe getting them when we were doing Dice Tower News and then not doing it. <laughs> Avenue is another one that um, is like a drawing thing where you flip up one thing and everyone does something from it. Ganshan second Clever. Chance? Second, no. cha- second chance? No. Um, which is, thank you for bringing it up. The problem with second chance is when you flip up a card, if you can't draw the little Tetris piece that's shown, you mm-hmm. get a second chance, which is you draw a card personally for you. And then if you can place that, you can keep going. And when the deck runs out of cards, then the game is over. So depending on how many times people are drawing that second one. So I guess you could do it... You can do it in small groups. You just can't do it in mass. But honestly, how many people are going to be playing 20 people, 20 person, yeah. second chance? But if you're playing in a small group, you could definitely do it. Um, even Azul, which is not a roll and write, but it just made me think about it. Um, you could easily play Azul remotely. You would want your own copy of the game so that you have your own pieces to put on your board. But if you had multiple copies, Azul would be ideal for just all right i am the master drawer from the bag and this is the setup that you're picking from but when you pick a particular place or color or tiles you're going to grab find the matching tiles in your set and play with those um there's another ganshan clever would work in small groups it does it's not one of those scaling infinitely ones but it it would work in a small group but yeah it's hard to think of a roll and write that wouldn't necessarily work in just about any size. And there's a ton of them out there. That so are, many. Yeah. So they're not simple games anymore. Some of them are. Some of them are Yahtzee. But there's a lot that are <laughs> super complicated. <laughs> Get out of this chat. I'm just, hey, I don't like King of Tokyo either. I don't see why people like that game. Which is just Yahtzee with monster feet. <laughs> Although I will play it. and I, When I play it, I do have fun. I just don't gravitate to it. Euro games. Big Big Euro games. Thoughts? I mean, everything is open information. If you have one person that has a camera on the board, you can see what's going on. You can tell them what to do. Yeah. Could you do Castles of Burgundy if I'm just picking a semi-random game? Yep. Totally. So you have to have your own board. Well... This is another one where having your own copy of the game is almost a requirement unless someone's maintaining your board for you. Unless somebody's made, like, it's hard. I don't know if you can really do mini Euro games. I'm trying to think of, like, It depends on how much work one person is willing to do. Well, okay, let's take a look at Settlers. That's that is a great. Um, now most people don't actually jump to Euro game for settlers, but that's why we have you here because technically it is, and that's what brought it over. But it's a very Monopoly style Euro game. Oh but, my gosh, you're such a snob. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I literally do not say that in a derogatory term. I'm saying that for. Hold on, before. How is it like Monopoly? Several ways. Number one, it's a negotiation game where you're trading your stuff for their stuff to try to get what you need to build what you need to win the game. Monopoly. Number two, you're rolling two dice to randomly get some kind of resource. Again, very much like Monopoly. If role players like Yahtzee, Catan is like Monopoly. It is a better game than Monopoly, but there are those mechanics where it's a very social, interactive game, and Except it's a negotiation that you're game. choosing where your properties are. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not it's saying... It's like such a big difference. I don't know. I'm not saying it's Monopoly. I'm saying there are elements of it where that negotiation aspect. So, if you're playing Catan... I think Catan is another one of those games where having multiple copies is essential. And this might even be something where you do the wingspan approach where everyone's drawing from their own personalized resource deck. Yeah. Because all of those cards need to be secret until they're revealed. So Mm -hmm. 
you're you're distribu- unless you're having somebody like act as a game master. Yeah, if you have like a moderator giving yeah, yeah secret information just to the people who need it. Yep. But yeah, but you have a lot a of a lot of different games can be played if you're having somebody who's willing to be a moderator. But that seems like such a bummer. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like moderating. So if if you're a moderator in your group, you can do all kinds of things. Like if you just want to like encourage people to be able to play board games and that's your goal. So you're like the teacher of board game night. You could be the moderator of distributed board game night. I guess if you're playing a couple shorter games and like you take turns being the moderator, so it doesn't seem like somebody is just doing it all night, that's not so bad. Yeah. But I would not want to be moderator all night. But if we go to, all right, so let's go to like, um, uh, and I'm going to throw a couple games out there that I'm pretty sure there's no hidden information. So if we look at Agricola, for example, or Puerto Rico, or any of those categories of like, old school at this point euro games um <laughs> there's a random board setup but everything you do everyone sees what you've done and you're making choices based on the random elements that appear in the game i'm pretty sure that those would actually work just fine you have you know a shared board that you're looking at and then you're making your decisions based on that again another case where if you have multiple copies of the game it will make it more tactile for you but it is all open information, and it's even though it's competitive, it's like what I decide. It's it's equivalent to like playing chess over video, right? You see everything, and I just tell you what I'm going to do, and you update the board. You look hesitant. Sorry, I'm getting kicked very hard. <laughs> it's, it's really so now I can't tell if you're disagreeing with me or if you just have an internal parasite kicking you in the spleen. It's kicking out. Oh. <laughs> it's not kicking in. <laughs> kicking my organs. I don't know. I don't know which is worse. I expect They're both like, unfair. So can't it just be both? <laughs> <sighs> so, but I I don't know if I'd want to set up a game <laughs> of... Did you just Sorry. <laughs> trying to focus here. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I don't know if I'd want to set up a game like that, but you certainly could. Um, and I think... I keep talking about... Um, Oh, Eclipse. I think Eclipse is all of open information that you could play remote as well. But I wouldn't do that. That's just way too long of a game. You know, wide Let's angle jump on Zoom for, for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I see here you have something written as a semi-workable game. Yes. But I don't actually like this game. But I'm surprised that you would only put it as semi-workable. Because I think that Werewolf... Would be totally workable. So werewolf, yes. So here's here's the thing with and what I meant by semi-workable games are things that have hidden information, but not Is this hidden so- roles or hidden identities. He means with the E. It okay. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> it could be either. So all right. So let's talk about these for a moment. Um, werewolf. Werewolf is a game where you are going to get one card. That's it. You're a villager, you're a werewolf, or you're a seer. Nothing else. Werewolf also has a moderator, so one person would have to be the person that is moderating the game. But that's always the, the case. Right. So that person will determine the roles randomly, presumably, and then text everyone their role. You are this. And then the game goes on. And, then and I would what- assume the werewolves would text back, I want to murder. Right. Basically, what so would happen so. is during the night, Everyone would go off screen, and then the you werewolves... You don't even need to. You could just quietly text the information to the moderator. Well, if you're looking down at your phone. So, I'll, basically... Yeah, you could just, it's the same trust that it's always. Everybody look down. Look up. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. In some way, you basically are hiding the fact that you're sleeping. And then you could actually play quite easily. Again, it's a moderated game. So, because it's moderated, you can do that. However... And because you don't have to have pieces. Right. Now, something like Resistance, which is another hidden role game, good guys trying to figure out who the bad guys are, bad guys know who they are. This is a voting game that has multiple stages of secret things going on. So Too much going out on the table. Yeah, it makes it a little bit trickier. I think you'd still need a moderator to make something like Resistance work. And what you would do is everyone would text their thumb up, thumb down, or mission pass, mission fail – to the moderator, then the moderator would let you know whether or not it was a succeed or fail situation. 
Um, but you could do it again with a moderator. And I think a lot of these hidden role games, as long as you had a moderator, you would be able to pull it off pretty easily. And they're party games. So they're actually meant to be, you know, relatively quick and you can cycle out who that moderator is so that everyone gets a chance to play. So I want to figure out how to play Telestrations. I don't know if we can do it. <laughs> um, like, it's just, it's what I want to do, but I don't think it's possible and it makes me sad. No, you could. <laughs> Okay, so this is how you do telestrations. <laughs> um, this should, this could actually be like a game of itself. It's like, here's a game. How do you do it remotely? <laughs> so everyone, telestrations, you start out with a word, right? Yes. So everyone gets a word, and you text that to the person to your left. Whoever that is, you, you set up a <laughs> Who's to a my thing. left? <laughs> Who's to my left? That person gets the word, and now they have to draw a picture. So they're going to draw on an actual piece of paper, take a picture of that, and text it to the person on their left. <laughs> <laughs> that person is going to guess a word and text it to the person on their left. And you keep doing that until it gets around to the front. And then you will have all of that information. It won't all be in one book. You have to have some way of like, um, essentially, you'd have to letter everything. So I'm player A, B, C, or D. And then you yeah. go through, all right, now let's go through all the A's, pictures and yeah. words back and forth. So you could do something like that. It would work. Booyah. I still um, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a couple others I put in here because I like them. Um, Century, Dominion, and Splendor. These games are hand building slash deck building um, slash tableau building-ish games that all work if you have multiple copies of the game. So Century, for example, you are buying from a common open pool. So when you buy a card, you just find that card in your version, and now you have your hand of cards. And if you buy a point card, you find that in your version, and now you have that. So you have one person has the master board, and everyone else is just pulling cards that they need to. Dominion can be the same way. Here's the 10 cards we're using. So anytime a card is bought, the master board pulls that off, but you actually put that card that you own in your deck, and then you're playing through your deck of cards. Um, and Splendor is even easier because... Um, Actually, no, Splendor would be the same thing. You'd have your own version of the game and you'd be pulling the cards that you draft from. So these are all games where, you know, they're easy, quick, fun games. And if everyone has a copy, you could easily play those games by having a master copy of the game. And then you're going to mirror what you need to for your version. That works for a lot of games. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. I think I'm going to try a bunch of these and some of them are going to be easier. Some of them are going to be not worth the effort. It's like finding out which ones are worth the effort. But yeah. Well, I'm available Tuesday or Thursday evening. <laughs> <laughs> we should let do... me know what you want to play. I think we should do Pandemic Legacy Season 2. You and I need to just finish that game out. Spencer will play too. All right. Uh, Sydney, she never started with us, right? It was me, you. No, we were playing with Josh. Josh? Yeah. But yeah, I think. Sydney might. Think Fletcher, about if you want to play, you can be Josh again. Or, or you can be Josh on Thursday. I can take over <laughs> Josh's role. <laughs> no, Something no, no. You're not good you. at that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there are silver linings to everything. And I think what this is teaching us is how to be closer together, even when you're far apart. And I think it's especially important for us because like you know we went from being very physically close we lived in the same building we could walk into each other's homes uninvited and unannounced <laughs> yep and then we went to living like an hour or more away depending on traffic yeah and i think this is a way where we could start we need to start doing like a regular game night again because i know i don't play as many games and i know you don't play as many higher player count games yeah and honestly as both of you, like, you know, I used to work with Fletcher, so I'd see him anytime I was in the office. And like you said, we used to live together, but now we don't live together and Fletcher doesn't work with me anymore. If it wasn't for the podcast, I would never talk to you guys. I mean, not never ever, but not nearly as regular. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Not as much. I would never talk to you either. <laughs> I would never talk to you again. I don't even want to be your friend anymore. But, and the reason why it's difficult to get together is because we are so spread out. So coming up with, like, the podcast was kind of an accidental, hey, we hang out every week. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be accidental. We can make an intentional virtual game night and make it something that really is a good thing. 
and not just because, oh, well, this is the only way we can play games. It's like, well, I mean, it's the only easy way right now, and why haven't we thought about this before? Do you think we can do Betrayal Legacy? Um, I would have to think. Legacy, probably not. Because not without multiple copies of it. Because you'd need the player book, which you might be able to get the PDF version of. Well, I'm just wondering if, you know, because you only need, like, the one page per scenario. You just, like, text the trader book page to the person who needs it. I guess there's no secret information, right? Every All the cards not you draw really. are drawn up. Yeah. Like, one, so... We might be yeah, able to Yeah, I don't do. think there's really any secret information. Yeah, we might be able to be- do Betrayal. Except for the trader page. And as long as, you know, whoever has the book just, like, takes a picture of the page and doesn't really read the information. Yeah. Yeah, that could work. I want. I kind of want to try. We have that at our house, but I... I we might not have the tripod for the camera, but I think we've got enough cameras around as well. <laughs> we can get this set up. <laughs> you could probably figure it out. But and this, it doesn't seem like this stay-at-home stuff is going to go away quickly. No, we're looking at least through April, um, possibly they, longer. Uh, canceled my podcast live show. Well, they didn't cancel it; they postponed it, which I have mixed feelings about. They postponed the Olympics. Oh, have they officially? Um, I don't I know. They're talking about it. I don't Countries think it's have official. Pulled out. Chris is reactionary. Yeah. His lies. The, Chris is fake news. The, the thing I heard most recently is it will likely be delayed one year. Yeah. Um, that's so, so sad because the last time I had a baby, I spent a lot of time watching the Winter Olympics. And I was like, I didn't mean to time it like this, but how perfect. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thunk a pandemic would have come along? This is like really the craziest. This yeah, is the we were craziest. Yeah, I talked about this the other day. It's like one of the biggest events I've lived through that anyone will ever live through. Yeah. Like it's and and it depends. If it all stops next week and it's like, "Oh yeah, we have a vaccination or we have drugs or no one's we're not really worried about it cuz you know, we're good. It's just stay at home and drink fluids." Oops, sorry. Didn't mean to overreact. <laughs> Then sure, this will just all be a fun story, but that's not what this is going to be. No. Like, have you watched Contagion yet? Um, I'm yes. going to watch it tonight. Oh, <laughs> watch it right now. It's so good. It's good. All right, I'm going to have to watch it. Um, to our listeners, we do apologize for because <laughs> Sydney's like all coronavirus out. I'm like, I I have to address it. They like say it feels weird anytime I'm watching a show or listening to a podcast and they pretend it doesn't isn't there i feel like wait a minute is this from an ancient tome of knowledge someplace that because it just <laughs> how feels far like, in advance are they pre-recording these exactly <laughs> that's what it really feels like <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and we're not gonna focus on the pandemic every single episode but there'll be a few no. episodes um where we you know kind of try to help you out we had a recommendation of doing solo games and i'm not sure i want to do that i don't think i want to encourage solo games during this i much rather encourage done people solo games before a couple times I think. yeah it's kind of a revisit it'd be a, a yeah. third revisit it'd be a third revisit yeah yeah um but i don't think you should play solo games um yes play them if you if you're alone and i don't sleep at night so i stay up like four hours past when sydney goes to sleep so i'll play solo games then but really what we should be trying to do to keep our sanity is Finding ways of interacting with people outside. Reach out and video chat with someone. Exactly. Um, it'll be it'll be good. And actually, this is you know you just mentioned this. This is a great way to play games with listeners too. If we can find some good virtual board games, I'd be more than happy to like. Okay, um, you know who wants to play such and such a game on Thursday night at eight o'clock central? If you do, let us know and we'll start a game. Chris will host the uh, Zoom call. I'll host the Zoom call. And as many people as we can get on there to play not Yahtzee, we're in. <laughs> exactly. But it'll probably be we'll some kind a, of roll and write. It'll probably be a roll and write, yeah. I would assume. You'll, you'll but, get set up with your four-camera sitcom you know, stage. <laughs> 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 it'll be awesome. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, let's be, let's be social out there. Although next week's episode is going to be what this week was going to be, um, because I think that it is also kind of could be topical for for this. Um, oh, I did want to read Rachel's email. So oh, yeah. um, actually, Kitty, why don't you read this? 
Okay. So Rachel wrote in and says, I have been an online teacher for many years now. So when social distancing started, I realized I could use those skills to connect with friends, alleviate boredom, and maybe even bring some people into the hobby. So I have started holding virtual game nights a couple of times a week. I set up my phone on a tripod angled to show the pieces or game board, and I use my Zoom account as the platform because it has a little more functionality. But you could also do this through Google Hangouts or others. We talked about this a lot already. (laughs) Some games we had to modify slightly to accommodate the virtual setting, but there are others that need very little adjustment to play in this manner. Roll and write games have been great since we just email a simplified version of the game board to my friends to print or draw it on paper. Then I roll the dice or flip the cards. We've also played other games as well. Most games do require that I move the pieces, but it still allows the players to make the decisions. So um, I'm not going to read all of her text here, but I will give the list of games that she has given. And that is Railroad Inc. Welcome to Yahtzee. <laughs> Tiny Epic Galaxies. Pause there for a second. So Tiny Epic Galaxy, um, there is a slight modification here because I'm like, wait a minute, can you do that? There are hidden goals, but if you remove those, Tiny Epic Galaxy is totally playable. And it is an amazing game that is totally worth setting this up. Pandemic. Santorini. Codenames. Word on the Street. Werewolf. Deception. Murder in Hong Kong. All right. You got to read the, the text on that one, though. Even though this is a terrible game, it does work well virtually. I don't know why you all like this one, especially you, Kitty, since you hate social deduction games. Because it's not social. It's just deduction. It takes all of the social out of deduction games. That's why I like it. Um, this is another one where private chat features come in handy. Um, the yeah. Murderer, yeah, the murderer chooses the weapon and the evidence and then messages the forensic scientist, which is kind of, again, that secret communication um, I think Murder in Hong Kong is a great social deduction game and that can be played in high player counts as well. Um, or it's deduction game that can be played in relatively high player counts. Insider and um, Detective Club. Is that the one? Yep. So Those inside- can both totally be played virtually as well. Yep. Insider is basically 20 questions. Um, and Detective Club is the... Um, you might have to have everyone has their own set or at least somebody... You all have to have like a set of the art cards that you can put out. Um, no, because you could. Well, yeah, that one might be a little bit tricky. Also, that it's one's tricky, trickier. Insider would be easy because the person who knows the word doesn't know who doesn't know the word in yeah. Detective Club as well. So that one's a little trickier. But insiders, yeah, that would be great. All right, and that's the end of Rachel's list. Yep. But she says, I think some more games you could play virtually if everyone has a copy of the game and each person can set it up on the set it up the same. I haven't tried any of these yet because I usually introduce my friends to to good hobbyist games, so I'm the only one with a copy. Which is the bigger problem with a lot of the games where it's like I really wish you had multiple copies. Um Jen happened to have a copy of Zombie Side, so it made it easy. Um but Well, if we can teach my mom how to use Zoom, you me and my mom can play Wingspan. She'd we can absolutely it. well Oh, right, because she can't come over. Does she have a copy of Wingspan as well? Yeah. <laughs> oh, then we have three copies of Wingspan. We could try this out. We have three copies out. of Wingspan. Yes, she got it for Christmas this year. All right. I think we could do this. Okay, so that is Pandemic Episode 2. I think last week counted as Pandemic <laughs> Episode 1. <laughs> I don't even remember what we talked about last week. Um, I don't know, but it was super riveting. Actually, maybe we do an entire episode on Pandemic and all the various versions of it. Because there are... I think. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like we just talked about this. We talked about the um, documentary. Yeah. And yeah. there was a lot of Matt Leacock and talking about various pandemics and that. So. <laughs> yep. So, although I don't think... I think um, oh, Plague Inc. is a more accurate representation of what's going on right now but it takes it from the virus's point of view so i don't know do you want to play the no, bad guy we want to take the fighting <laughs> it point of view <laughs> that would be interesting a competitive pandemic where one person plays the virus and the other person plays the like cdc my goal by the end of this pandemic is to have a play testable version of my game that we can play virtually all right done yeah and on that Since there's note, no hard deadline, that'll be really great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on that note, you can follow us on Facebook at Tabletop Game Talk Podcast. Twitter is at, at Tabletop or at Tabletop Game T. Okay. Kitty's awful good mom. Fletcher's net Fletch. He's gonna post up some pictures. I already did. Um, 
I am at Game Master Chris. <laughs> you can give us an iTunes review if you'd like. You can follow us on Patreon at tabletopgametalk.com slash Patreon. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Thanks for listening, and remember, we love your feedback. So email us with comments or questions about today's topic at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Finally, a huge thank you to all of our patrons. Adam Harrison, the SGC, the Gift of Games, Jason Strong, Terrence Miltner, Stephen Seitz, Brian Arnold, Sean P. Kelly, C. Marie, Rudy Liu, Benjamin Heimowitz, Jerry Huang, Caleb O'Brien, Jennifer, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Justin Willard, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks, Jeremy Fisher, David Redke, Nick Quickstra, David Sellers, Jason Rodney, Michael Yanikowski, Miles Clark, Cindy Loam, Phil Schwartzel, Ann Reynolds, Eric Huffman, Adrian Dong, Nate Faz Flintham, Sean Peck, Eric Zelander, Mike Smith, Joe Hoover, Timothy Gross, Glenn Cotter, Jesse Walkowiak, Gregory Huber, Don Gilstrap, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Christopher Letgo, John Lewis, Joe Raxdad, Ron Nelson, Sahara Wentworth, Weatherman Keefe, Nicholas Lotz, Agnes Toth, Paul Raymer, Timothy, Matthew Droke, Aaron Moore, Jesse Wheeler, and Charles Pearson. Until next week, play game. Keep playing games. <laughs> <laughs> and having fun. <laughs> Until next uh, week. Bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> <laughs>so, so I'm taking the last sips of my Bud Light, so that means the episode's over. <laughs> Is that why you couldn't speak? <laughs> It, it, I was so anticipating that last right warm swallow of Bud Light. <laughs> Until next week, Bud Light! <laughs> Not sponsored.